money. Let's talk money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Obviously, this is all about money. Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. (laughs) With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money. With Dave and Reb. From more than enough, real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Are you ready to listen to Reb and Dave talking money? <laughs> All of you who are listening, uh, uh, welcome to the show where we talk about the hard issues about money. It's just Reb and I in the studio today, which is one of my, I love our guests, but I also really love just being in the studio with you. So um, We do a lot of stuff together. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and it's awesome. So it is awesome. Uh, today's show is uh, sponsored by Crosspoint Financial. So uh, we've had Brent uh, lead at Crosspoint here on the show numerous times. Uh, he is always very knowledgeable in all things wealth generation and investments and and even just um, you know, what to do with your extra. And as you know, uh, when it comes to money, there, we, we really talk about you know, when you have more than enough, uh, that's the name of our company. We usually are talking to Brent or one of the colleagues there. And when you feel like there's not enough, then we work on that side of the uh, ledger as well. So, you know, just looking at all of the issues around what's going on in money, that's what we do. If you've been uh, listening to the podcast and you know, you've heard the show, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We're just, we're just glad you're here. So sit back, enjoy. We have, um, I would say, uh, it's one of those shows that we've talked about money. No, 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 no. I want to ask a question. Oh, you want to ask a question? Yes. Before you lay down the topic, I want to ask listeners to think for a moment, what would it look like in this season if you had no consumer debt Mm. and the inflation was going up? And our mortgage rates were going up. Like, so let's say, okay, so no consumer debt. You maybe have a mortgage. Uh, mm-hmm. And you have maybe even a car payment, fixed mm-hmm. car payment. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not changing or anything. Um, what would it feel like for you if if things were going up? And would it bother you as much? Would you be as stressed? And then, and then my next question is, the stress... I wonder, and maybe you can answer that, Dave, mm. is is maybe coming from a place of the debt that we brought into this season, and now mm. it's causing us extra debt. I'm just throwing the question out there because I was driving around the other day and I thought, oh man, um, for some people, they're not as affected by the inflation or even the increased mortgage rate because there, there has already been some margin in their spending plans and budgets, right? So it's not taking some people out as much. But what we're reading from the stats, which we're going to read in a few Mm -hmm. minutes, which, you know, is everybody's favorite topic these days is how debt laden Canada is. So, you know, we're going to be real positive, but we're not going to be all negative about this today. So just so you know, but Mm -hmm. I thought I'd ask that question because I'm like, it might have, it might feel a little different if, people didn't have that all that consumer debt that they brought into these years Mm. so are you asking just to be clear you know how are you feeling about your money situation well you might be feeling really stressed about it but imagine if you didn't have that consumer Mm. debt 
what would it would this season be affecting Canadians as much if we just were living on what we have like mm-hmm. living on less than we make which is one of the things we want to talk about today right. is getting to the place where we're living on less than we make so that 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 extra could actually go to your debt repayment mm-hmm. etc but um there's a lot to talk about this morning and i wanted to go to scripture because there i, I googled it's a, it's a good thing to go to scripture yes. because thanks dear are you being a little facetious? I am not like, being, I'm just like you, you're like I wanted to go to scripture, and I'm like yes, we we go to scripture. <laughs> I mean, the, the 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 word is a lamp to our feet, feet and, and a light, light to, to our path. path. Right. It's one of my favorite. Yes, of course we're going to go to scripture. So we often get the question: Is debt good or bad? Mm. We just know, you know, it's the same it's, question: it's, Is money good or bad? It's 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 the wrong question. So I'm just going to read a couple of. Um, I googled debt scripture verses okay. and there's there's like I don't know 22 or something not all related to money specifically but can be related to the burden of debt. Um there's Proverbs 22 verse 7 the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender or in other translations it says the borrower is slave to the lender. <laughs> Romans 13 verse 8 um, I'm not going to go look it up, but it it does say something to the effect that um, we should owe no one anything except love. Mm-hmm. The only burden of debt we should carry is love, which is a very interesting thought and a whole other topic on its own. But there's a couple others. Um, well, Psalm 37, um, you know, the wicked borrows and doesn't uh, pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. So, you know, again, not nest, talking a little bit about character uh, there. Uh, and then, of course, James 1, um, you know, the, I would say James 1 verse is kind of like the the outpouring uh, of it. It is the 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 result. And James one twenty seven says, uh, re- "Religion that's pure and undefiled before God the Father is this: to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world." And you know, in the context that we're talking about today, and some of the stats we're going to share mm-hmm. is, is, you know, Canadians we have a we have in the West, and I'm going to say Canadians, but in the West, we have this challenge around the environment of debt, the, 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 mm. the easy credit, the ability. And so when James says, you know, keep oneself unstained from the world, uh, I do think there's a direct correlation to when we're in debt, when we're um, in a sense consumed by trying to make ends meet for ourselves we don't have the the brain margin to go, oh, now I'm going to visit the widow or the orphan. I'm going to look after someone else. No, because time. we're so focused on, because our, we're so focused focused on, on the, the debt and the stress. And we are not telling you not to... F- like to feel differently because you feel what you feel and right. the, the debt stress is real. And we're not trying to put shame on anybody today, but we do want to have an honest discussion about, well, people can say, well, that's not bad. Some debt's good. Well, what if we just go to scripture and say, this is what debt does. Mm-hmm. And you have often said debt is not a sin. 
it's a burden. And I have actually wondered about that, like with you, we've had many conversations about that. And maybe there are different opinions on that statement. But one thing is true, it is a burden. It what the first verse I read, and it's a common verse, a, a person in debt is enslaved to the lender. And well, and, and, and again, if we think about this logically, so let's, let's just all agree that the that debt, when we go into debt, we are actually putting ourselves in a position of being enslaved to someone else. Mm. Um, and and so, if we can agree on that, then the next obvious question is, is well, why would I do that? I don't want to be enslaved to anyone else. I love my autonomy. I want to be, you know, free to do whatever I want, whenever I want. Uh, you know, I don't want to be enslaved by someone. And, you know, you know, that's really interesting. You say it like that. So I'm just like picking up on that because I, I'm like, well, nobody wants, everyone wants, nobody this wants to be a slave. No, everyone wants independence. That's the whole philosophy of our Western culture right now. What's comfortable, what's easy. And actually what's happening is underneath it, when we just buy what we want, so we or go on the trip so we can do what we want. We're actually, and I'm not saying everybody does this. Okay. Please please understand this. I'm just saying this generic statement, but then really we're actually becoming dependent. We're dependent on the person who says we owe them money. I sometimes smile because when you look at the different cards that are out there, one of the cards is the master card. <laughs> and so, you know, again, if you take this thought, this thinking that we're talking about this morning and saying, if I buy things with my MasterCard and I don't have the money to pay that MasterCard up, who becomes the master? Oh, my gosh. Well, is- the, the, whoever's behind that card is going to say, you now owe me not just the money that you spent on the card, but you now owe me the 21 or 29, whatever the percentage. Uh, you know. And if you don't pay that back, so let's say you avoid paying that MasterCard for three months, then you will get a phone call from somebody in an office in Toronto saying, when are we going to get our payment? Because now you have spent our money, you're not repaying them. In essence, you're a thief. And guess what happens to thieves? We start putting you in jail. You become a prisoner. And so, you know, we don't think of the MasterCard like that. Well, but I don't know if I've ever thought of it until you said it like that, that we are seeking our independence. We want independent life. We want independence from God, right? That was the whole thing in about mm-hmm. Adam and Eve. They chose a different path because they were they got questioned with doubt and fear and all of that. And then it said, Well, is God really is did God, God really did say, God yeah. really say? Is he trustworthy? Is he is he what you actually think he is? Why don't you just go trust yourself for this? And doesn't that happen all the time in our mm-hmm. money stories? We're like you know, oh, well, you know, at least I have my credit card and I can put it on there. I, I'm just as guilty as anybody else for sure, doing that. Sure. Like, oh, man, we have, you know, a little bit of window. And we're not, you know, I don't want to make this about like, oh, people who don't have debt are good and people who have debt are bad. But I think we do have to have an honest conversation about what scripture is saying, because he's actually also saying the wicked um, borrows and does not repay. Right. But the the righteous are generous and gives. I mean, what do you do with a verse like that when and then and well, then and I think we have to remember, and that's why I use that example of the MasterCard, is is that you know, 
it becomes when you don't plan to pay it back, right? And, and so the risk is, and, and none of us, and I would say out of the thousands of people that I have seen their finances, and it is thousands of people that are, nobody has ever come to me and said, oh, Dave, I intentionally <laughs> went into debt and I intentionally, the goal was never to, to, pay to, it to never pay it back. Uh, nobody says that. And, and here's the risk that we have in our current Western culture. And, and this is really important is, is, you know, again, as we think about the environment that we're in and, and what scripture says to that, right? He says, debt is, is dangerous. It, it's, again, as we, we have to enter into a relationship with, uh, with debt very cautiously because there are risks to not paying it back. Mm -hmm. There are risks uh, to... to there, are, there are risks to borrowing it because our life circumstances may put us in a place where we can't. And that's actually what we're seeing. And we're right. seeing that now, which is ties to the question I asked, you know, at the beginning, what would it look like within our current culture if, if we didn't carry the debt into this season with high inflation? And maybe it's... a, a um, not a wise question to ask because it's a what if, but I was thinking that the other day. And I think, I think from a reality standpoint, we, you know, we're having this conversation, but the reality, the statistic is, is that one quarter of all Canadians, so this is Canadians, one quarter of all Canadians can only make the minimum payment on their credit card. Now this, again, when we look at this, this isn't judgment or this isn't, this is a, uh, the reality of, wow, um, when we borrowed that money on the MasterCard, we intended to pay it back within the 21-day grace period. We call that a grace period because there's no interest cost and the convenience of having the card, the, this is this is the the rules around that card are that you have 21 days to repay the entire amount or they're going to start charging interest. Again, this is not a, a morality. This is not, oh, I'm a terrible person because I'm paying interest. No, this is the, the consequences of not paying in the 21 days is you're going to start paying interest. Okay. So we're going to, the reality, we're going to look at what the cost of that interest cost is. And you say, okay, I'm good to pay a hundred dollars a month or something like that uh, on that interest cost. As we go through whatever that number is, we all have the tolerance and we won't go there. But when we see a stat, like one quarter of all Canadians are only paying the minimum payment on their credit card, mm. that's really cause for us to say, whoa, let's step back. Um, let's look at this. How am I doing uh, in terms of repayment to the debt? Again, we we started the, the conversation today just about I yeah, it's a burden. It I really it affects me emotionally to be under the the um, uh, to be enslaved to have to repay this money that. To be honest, uh, I, I hate paying interest to credit cards. Well, you've because, always yeah. had. I mean, well, it's a, so I want to read this um, other stat. So in May, last May, Canada officially became the G7's most debt-laden country with the cost of home, owner, home ownership singled out as the largest contributor at 74.3%. So there is this this our debt ladenness is related to mortgages which we've done a show um about what's happening in the next two years um regarding renewals and all of that and 
economists are very concerned, but that's, you can go back and listen to that show. Um, I'm one economist said this, Thomas Davidoff, I'll, I'll have the article in the show notes today. I don't think everybody gets a nice house, a nice home that they like at a reasonable price. That's not coming back. We need to be blunt about the need for Canadians to reexamine their housing goals. And, and we're saying these statements, and I know that we want to be as encouraging as we can, but I think what we're at, we're looking at is um, is realism. Yeah, and, and I think part of this is is to zoom out and say, okay, let's look at the bigger picture. You know, one of the mechanisms, one of the tools that we have in finances is is a report called our our net mm-hmm. equity report and and if you're in the financial world you might have called that a net worth statement um i don't like net worth i'm going to be really rebs taught me that words mean something money <laughs> and your worth are not connected oh you have so, you have to read this quote from stacy anchuk olski okay, she taught, debt is the dirty little secret most people have she says and she's the ceo of credit counseling canada we've melded your self-worth with your financial worth and we've kept people uneducated about money you feel like you're the only one in the room in the country who just doesn't know what's going on we'd rather talk about everything else including sex okay so she hits it like bang on and 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 i agree with her my worth has nothing to do with what's going on in terms of my financial life how much debt i have or don't have whether i can pay my bills or not it it is really that has nothing to do with that so when i talk about this report i talk about this net equity how much equity do i have and equity by definition is just simply money that's invested um, so, for example, um, and we most often think of equity when we think of real estate. So we would go real estate. I paid, you know, two hundred thousand dollars for my home. My mortgage is a hundred thousand, and it's worth three hundred thousand dollars now. And so we can use a couple of different calculations. We can say the increase that I had in my equity is a hundred thousand, from two hundred thousand to three hundred thousand. That's how much my house has increased in terms of when I bought it versus what it is worth now. So easy, I'm using easy numbers, of course. Um, So that's $100,000 worth of growth or equity growth, right? Then you have what is the actual equity that I realize right now, but you've been paying the mortgage down. So guess what? You bought it 200, your mortgage is now at 100, but the value of the house currently is 300. So guess what? Your equity is 200,000. That's money that is actually yours, but it's not something, it's not like it's cash that I that <laughs> I have to do something to it to turn it into cash. And so when we talk about equity, very simply, we're talking about non stuff that isn't cash that that we we have to do something to be able to turn it into cash. And so when we talk about a net equity statement, it's let's take a list of all of the things that I own and get an accurate value, including your cars. Yes, we want to include your cars, your investments, your RSPs, your TFSAs, your savings accounts, your checking account, your house, right? All of those things you put in a list and you say, okay, these are the value of all of those things currently. And and then we list out what are the current debts that are going to be subtracted off of those. So I list all that and I say, I have a half a million dollars of stuff that I can say I own. 
And when I go to the bottom of the ledger, I'm going to look at it and say, oh, and I owe $250,000 worth of debt. So guess what? My net equity is now $250,000. Now, what do we do with that number? The only reason I explain that today is, is that when we look at that number, it is a point in time. My net equity quite literally can change every day. So it is just simply a snapshot, a still, I love the, it's a photo of your net equity at a certain period of time. So today's date. And then what we do is, is we want to compare that to maybe last year, or maybe we, we have that this year and we want to keep it on file so that next year we can do it. All right, today I'm going to do it because last year I did it a year ago. And what is the change? What is the direction? Is my net equity increasing? And where is it increasing? Or is it decreasing? And where is it decreasing? Um, and that gives you data. It gives you the realism. It gives you the, oh, I'm going in the right direction. Yes, I might be stressed about how quickly I'm paying off my credit card debt because it's not going as quickly as I want. But when I look at it over a longer period of time and I stick that into my net equity calculation, I go, oh, okay, I am going in the right direction. So then your question turns, how do I speed that up? So you might say that, or you might be content to say, no, you know what? Based on where we are now, I'm quite content with the speed at which the direction I'm going, mm. it's increasing my net equity and allowing, uh, again, to, to, to see the, the data, the realism. If the opposite is true, if your net equity is shrinking, then we want to say, why is that? Where is that going? What's happening? Um, and again, in the world we live in, you know, the goal is always oh, increasing your net equity, increasing your net equity. And I, again, disagree with that. Funny, I disagree with that. <laughs> we ask often the question, how much is enough? When is it enough that you can say, hey, my net equity, it, I, I'm content with this. And, and we started with, well, with and Paul's scripture. Uh, we didn't start with Paul's scripture, <laughs> but I'm thinking about Paul's scripture where he says, I'm, I'm content with what I have, I've been content with lots. I've been content with little, you know. Oh, that was from, that was, yeah, right. We're that, not going to go, go there, there today. No. But, uh. Well, and that was, I was just thinking, you know, and here our friend Brent Vandermeer is one of our, the financial advisors we recommend. It's his job. Joanne Jay, who sponsored shows in January, you know, we've, we have other people that it's mm -hmm. their job to actually help you navigate how much is enough for you, um, you know. And it is their job to increase your net equity. It, it, it that, is true. But is the point job. of today and talking about the debt ladenness, it, mm -hmm. we've gotten discouraged. We're getting discouraged. And um, when we were talking about th this show, we live with the belief that there's nothing we can do, but we we're going to start by finding out what our career and situation is. That's something you can do. What is your situation? And are you moving in the right direction? Um, maybe you've never done this before and now's your starting point. So for this year, you know, there's some people who talk about, um, we heard it on a podcast recently. And then one of our coaches said they, they kind of just have this conversation together as a couple where they just lay it all on the line. Where are we going? Where have we come from? What are we happy with what what's happened this past year? And, and, where are we going and what am I afraid of? And um, some of those questions um, where you're just kind of laying it out on the table and that can be a part of what you do. So one of the things that you can do in this debt laden, stressful time mm -hmm. for yourself personally, but for us as a, 
as a country, really, is actually say, where am I at today? And am I moving in the right direction? Am I moving in the direction of less debt and more equity? And that is a question that you have to actually face your finances. And um, we talked to our um, niece, our psychotherapist, Amanda mm -hmm. Van Oppen, about this last week, about how to talk about it when you feel stressed. So you can go back and listen um, for some tips and tricks from her about how to be able to talk about it. And um, But, you know, burden, this burden that we're carrying as a nation, you know, for one, I also think we need to pray about it. So we're, we're coming to this, um, like, what can we do? We can an analyze our net equity. We can look at, get a snapshot of where we are at financially. We can pray, you know, maybe there's some areas of repentance that, that we're, you know, what is repentance, um, is like taking a deep breath, stopping, and then going in the other direction. It's a change of mind mm -hmm. where we're and changing our mind about things. And if you believe there's nothing I can do, we read, reread in Philippians 4 that through Christ we can do all things. Right. So that is the truth. That is the empowering belief we need to start with, that there is things I can do. I can get a snapshot. I can face my finances, and I can ask the Lord so and and I love it, you know, little things, right? Like we we don't have to do massive things. So if you've never done a net equity, I mean, take 15 minutes. It should take no longer than 15 minutes for you to just kind of sit down and li and and list that out and and think about that. Again, finding out where you are facing your finances is in a sense one of the first little steps that we want to do, right? Uh, and then Picking just the one spot. So if you're looking at it and you're saying, hey, I, I look at this and I see some credit card debt um, in my net equity and, and, and I'm just going to pick the one. I'm just going to start focusing on the one to say, what can we do to get that credit card debt down um, so that we can, so that we can, in a sense, move in the right direction, move, uh, move the, the, the needle, so to speak, in the white direction. Maybe for you, it's, hey, I don't have any credit card debt, um, but I also don't have any savings and I want to increase mm -hmm. that. And and again, the net equity uh, report is going to show that and you'll say, okay, so that means let's just put $30 extra or $10 extra, or let's start saving. Uh, let's figure that out. Or let's focus a little bit on some attention on how we can use the money we have in our savings to maybe maximize the return on investment. One of the things that, and I will, we're coming to the end of the show, but one of the things that in this season, we talk about the high interest rates and we talk about the high cost of living, but that bad news is, is actually good news in the investment market where now we're seeing a guaranteed investment certificate, like a GIC at five, six, seven percent even, <laughs> Are, where four or five years ago they were at two percent. You couldn't make any money investing because the market wasn't wasn't open to that. So our, our son this week opened his, he's 19 years old, so he's put some money away and he opened up his letter from the mm -hmm. and, and he goes, Oh, that looks good because he had made some money this yeah. time around <laughs> and, and uh it was a very happy moment for him. So there are ways just doing that that mm -hmm. that net equity sheet, looking at letting that give you some guidance around maybe where some things you can focus or change or even just reorganize. Uh, again, sometimes it's not about taking some extra cash, but realizing that, whoa, 
I've been investing in savings and I have this 20% negative on my credit card. That doesn't make sense. And so we got to wrap up. I know. That's terrible. I know. There's so much to say. So be encouraged. Father, we are so grateful. Lord, It we go back to you first. We pray and seek your face and ask for help in this season of reorganizing, looking at our net equity, facing our finances, and even repenting of some choices we've made. Lord, thank you for your mercy that is new every morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And don't forget that... His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So go to the word and join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.